0: Howdy, partners. Howdy, howdy.
1: How y'all doing out there? You'll fit
0: right in with the Garth Brook folks. In the internet world, I had some people who were co workers.
1: thought I was in College Station. Well, could have been in Longhorn Country too then. No, they, they, get, no, they don't say that. They don't do That's that. Insult. Yeah,
0: one day we might do a podcast from. It really from is. It's a heavy
1: turn. Oh, okay. How
0: about that, Doc? You want to go to A&M for a women's basketball game and do a podcast up there? Sure. See if we can swing that. Maybe. <laughs> I have to see who the non-conference schedule is. RSD say, we, <laughs> howdy Aggs. That's, that's right. That's what they say. Howdy Aggs. <laughs> they got, they, two agree, of how they yeah, got two games in Vegas. Yeah, they got two games in Vegas in the tournament. Yeah. The Wildcat's going to go to. Oh yes, the Wildcat's going to make that trip. That's an
1: Aggie cultural. But once phenomenon. again,
0: listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. You can tell we're in a good mood. We're in a jovial mood on this Sunday. Had a good evening. week. Had, Had a, a good, good week. week. The NBA Personally. draft is completed. Free agency is about to start in the NBA, so it's a fun, fun time. What do you want to talk first, gentlemen? we we'll to talk about the Rockets and what they did, or we'll talk about the NBA and well, local first, flavor, like Justice Winslow and Drewry well, and the Harrison and all them folk.
2: Well, first let's, let's go on the Rockets and get them out of the way. Did they understand a do? Uh, do what they needed to be – what needed to be done as far as bringing in a playmaker, you know, because that was a discussion according to the big three.
0: Sam Decker, I mean, their need is a point guard, a guard who can create. Sam Decker is a forward. Montrez Harold is a forward, a banger. Uh, they're going to get their their playmaker in a free agency. Okay. And everybody expects him. Daryl Morris already said that – more than likely they're going bring back bring the band back, keep the band back together, including Patrick Beverly For right now unless unless because because that Patrick, was a big square yeah unless unless Patrick Beverly and his agent price themselves out of what the Rockets are willing to spend because I'm still looking at that like I looked at like the Chandler
2: Parsons situation you know they make a decision it only takes one team
0: to make him an offer that Daryl. Oh uh, so, yeah, we're not going we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. So thank you very much for your, your time here at the Rockets and good luck to you with, with your team there. And then if that does happen, well it'll be interesting to see how Rockets front office people turn on Patrick Beverly, like turn on Chandler Parsons, you know, like hey, he took that money. Oh, well, you know, we didn't really weren't that really sold on Chandler coming back to the Rockets, you know, and <laughs> and uh he went to the the Evil Mavs and, you know, yeah. and taking pictures with Cuban and he his name became dirt. And you know Chandler threw back at him, talking about Houston's a dirty city and it's not a very clean city. And so neither side was grown up about how they handled that situation. Yeah. Last year.
2: Now, and let me ask this question because it was it, it was mentioned somebody asked me about uh, Jamil Nelson. I was like, who? He'd be cheap. You know, I didn't even know he was still in the league. He's old. And, and literally just, old. You know, so that's when I had the, the uh, uh you know when he won the uh Blaster Player of the Year award. It was in San Antonio at the uh, men's at Final Four. Can't remember
0: exactly what year, but it was. Wow, well, Candy's thirty-three years old. Been a league Good eleven years. Good Eleven years. He's with the Nuggets, unrestricted free agent. Oh man, thirty-three years old and trying to run a team. He'd be a nice addition. He's better than what they have right now. Well, he's better than Pablo Prigioni. Really. I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I, cause, I believe so, yeah. Because I think to me it's better than Pablo. Who can he guard?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely think he's better. No, I mean, more close than Pablo could. That's for sure. Wow. With the feet, yeah, yeah. movement, yeah. I had to, I got to do some research
2: on that and be prepared. And oh, yeah, it, you have different it, thoughts it, it, of Pablo's foot speed than I do. Apparently, because I, I wasn't happy about nobody playing. You know, when Patrick went out, I was like, okay. This is gonna be a makeshift situation, and if they get to where they need to get to, thank goodness, you know they blessed. But when, because I just didn't have any faith in anybody else at the guard spot. I just and you didn't. didn't have
0: any reason to have faith in anybody at the guard spot. Jason Terry is a three point shooter. He is not a great defensive player. He's not a great one on one defender. Neither is Pablo. Both of those are spot up three point shooters, and they got their shot. They're not creators. They got their shots because of James Harden's creativity, or the ball down to Dwight, double-team. Dwight kick it up, and they rotated to those two guys. Neither one of them can create their own shot, effectively, especially 37, 38 years old.
2: Well, let me ask this question, then. Uh, it was mentioned this w- this week about also the um, uh, Spaniard. Sergio Yule. Yeah. Yeah. 6'3".
0: What can you do? He's 27 years old, uh, 2009, second-round pick of the Rockets. There was a report earlier this week from the Spanish paper that uh, the Rockets were prepared to offer him a – Three-year, twenty-one million dollar contract, and that, that that report, that article, made it seem like it was a done deal. Oh no, that, that's that, not. That's that, it's dealing not with Daryl deal. is
2: not a done deal. It's not a done deal. <laughs> or that's not a done deal. As we sit here today, nothing is a done deal
0: because basically that offer, that contract, that amount would be more than the Rockets' mid-level exception, and for them to pay Sergio yeah, that much that. money, it'd have to get rid of some folks and, and break up the band. So he, he would have to or pay the
1: luxury, which you're not going to do. He
0: would have to take most likely he, he's going to have to accept the mid level, which is about five and a half million dollars per year. You know, so we're looking at something a little bit. Or so it's about 5.464 according to our colleague, Jonathan Vagan with the Chronicle. So that three years, $21 million, you know, that's what was reported. And a few years ago in that same uh, article cited things from his dad, quotes from Sergio's dad that he, he probably would it, have to be a great offer for him to leave Spain to come to the NBA. Man. So that may be re- the reason why that amount was mentioned, you know, $7 million per season on, on average. I don't see the Rockets paying that. So we'll see if Sergio mid-level, 5.46, we look at that maybe three years 17, 18 million, so it's not much of a difference, but it's still less than seven million per season. So we'll see if he comes over. Rocket fans are are happy about it. They're expecting to be here, seeing YouTube highlights and clips of him, and that's nice. Ain't the same thing though, playing over in the NBA. Speaking, I'm not sure how good his defense will be over here. How much that'll equate. He's a good spot up shooter, three point shooter, but it was still. No matter how good he is over there, it will take him a while to adjust to NBA basketball. Don't knock mm-hmm. on him. That's just reality. You know, No, it's, so, you know, well,
1: it's, it's coming yeah. from college, high school. Sure. There's always a there. And see,
0: another thing,
2: too, it, everybody, the, the guys here in the league do not respect European players first time they see them. They just don't. It, it, and it was mentioned this week for, Fans uh, don't respect – him but not players, but yeah, it but, uh, but doesn't matter about the fans, though. It's the guys that they got to play
1: with. But I don't think the players respect anybody really coming into the league like that. It, mean, it's it's an old yeah. They don't league. respect it's, rookies either. Yeah, and that's really mm-hmm. any league or even in college, you don't really respect freshmen. They have to you, you got to prove your uh, worth, you prove, prove your skills. Your you got to yeah. prove your skill, and oftentimes, even when you go into a trade, there's some questions in regard to somebody unless you're just a perennial all-star player. Well, well,
2: let me ask this question then, because the reason I brought that up is, why is baseball treated different when it comes to guys coming from outside of the country and all the play.
1: I don't think they respect them much either, but baseball is is a little less of a team player in regard, a team game. It's so individualistic. Even when you play in the field, it's the sum of the parts, but Mm -hmm. it's not a fluid type game in terms of that. And Oftentimes, the players that you see uh, coming from outside the uh, the country, uh, oftentimes a pitchers. So that's also a, even more so a very isolated position in regards to you doing that. But even in, the, as they say in the league, is the fact that you still got to show your worth. And baseball, to me, is even more so. They're the ones that come out and tell you in these cold languages that you got to play the game the right way or whatever that's supposed to mean. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not sure if it's much difference i think all of, all of them are like that first you're talking about professional level sports and your life cycle in professional sports is very short compared to any prof- any other professional we know that so you're talking about roster spot so when you come in people like to believe that you're gonna help the team but particularly when you're talking about coming into people's position, uh, they trying to eat. Exactly.
2: Well, I, the only uh, reason I brought that up was because, you know, it's, it, everybody, it, it was it's always mentioned in baseball. Um, I mean, I always mentioned in, in basketball, you know, guys, the other players and all, they're always in the gym. But in baseball, just I just see it, as, I guess, as an average fan and all, and I don't follow it that much other than, you know, the college uh, level that they they look at it totally differently.
1: You know, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I understand most of what you're saying, for, and for, I've heard some of that out there, but, but, is, but I think it's, some it's, of that is just news people to a degree and general fans codifying, and it gets into some of these, uh, not necessarily racial but social contentions of, uh, of how you look at sports. And so I'm not sure how much of that is – Really accurate or just something that has become the normal saying over a period of time of how people look at uh, the difference between basketball, baseball, and football to some degree, but to talk about the Rockets
0: pick in the first round eighteenth pick they selected Sam decker uh, junior from Wisconsin. You can go to Houston roundbar reviews men's hoops blog and see interview uh with a f- assistant coach. Chris Finch, who talked with the media on draft night about uh, after the Rockets made the selection, and he gave his thoughts. and He did compare Sam to Chandler Parsons a little bit. Yeah, you natural, know, you. naturally. <laughs> um, he did Old say yeah. Sam is a little bit uh, a better shooter, same point uh, coming out of college. I would think so. Chandler is more. Of a Chandler natu- also came a natural out earlier, play- right? No, Chandler's a senior. He came out senior. Okay. Chandler came out more of a natural playmaker. And Sam Decker is, but I want to let f- listeners know because there are some listeners and some people who didn't see Sam Decker playing in college and just see him on draft night. He ain't no athlete. No, uh, don't be, be fooled because he's Caucasian. So right. they said so are making that assumption right there. Oh, you know, he just because he, 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 he white. He can't jump. He can't move. Our social trust. I yes, trust he can. Him. Yeah.
1: Yes, he can. Yeah, he's actually uh, very athletic, very nifty, a uh, uh, lot of ball skills, good movement with the feet. Uh, can contort his body, um, quick off the dribble. Uh, he has skills, and he's aggressive. He likes attacking the basket. Yes. So from
0: that standpoint, you attack the basket and force defenses to collapse on you. Then he can dish it out to, to teammates. He's a he's only like a thirty three percent thirty three percent shooter from three-point line in college so we'll have to work on that but all these college players are not finished products wherever you are so you got to get in the gym work on it and the rocket staff is good at developing players and the important thing with him is he can first things first knock down that corner three which you'll get a lot of because of james harden and dwight howard and just the style of the rockets offense he knocked that down consistently, that'll be a big key. I
1: think what's going to also be nice about his ability to knock down that three is he not only will get the ball, obviously, off of Harden coming off the move, but he has the ability to take it to the basket. So after he does that against a couple of guys, um, they're not going to rush out there as fast as they normally would on a break, which should give him even some uh, clear shots. There's a quote from Coach Finch
0: about Sam Decker. We like his toughness. We like the fact he has a knack for putting the ball in the basket, put the ball on the deck a little bit. His size is a plus. We can get a guy his size to be able to shoot the ball. 6'9", 220. So he gets stronger. Uh, he averaged 14 points for Wisconsin's pedestrian offense. You know, but Sam is a guy who likes to get up and down the floor. Yeah. So
1: but, and they and to give them some credit, Wisconsin um, their old style was a little even more oh, yeah. pedestrian, <laughs> think about it. But I think to some degree, people, um, if you're not watching closely as you talk about, they actually did a little more up-tempo this game and ran the break, um, sped the ball up in terms of missed baskets. So he is fluid on the offensive side. But I think to your point is what he was able to do on the defense. He's learned from a very defensive-minded coach. Coach so, Ryan, yep. Uh, coach Ryan at Wisconsin. So from that standpoint... His IQ on the defensive side of the ball should be very solid, which is something we also have knocked this team for. So, to his credit, you may not look at it or think about it like that, but defensively, he uh, should be at least solid, if not better than solid.
0: And Wildcat, here is something I'm going to quote the NBA's uh, media draft guide (laughs) regarding Sam Decker. Quote, Okay. Decker is described as, as a bouncy athlete with great size at the small forward position. What does that mean? Able to take his man off the dribble on slashing drives. Solid ball handler. Can finish going to the basket. Has improved as a long range shooter.
1: End quote. When I hear bouncing, to me, it means that you cook off the feet. Uh, you can get off the floor. Uh, and see? Which is a knot in our social construct, oftentimes, to uh, European American players. Thank you very
0: much.
2: With that being said, that takes me to at safe way to uh, New York Knicks. And Chris Daps, yeah, Porzingis. We
0: uh, got a game. Wait, young fella, small.
2: He's I mean, I'm talking about lighter. He he's, lighter, he, he's, he's, lighter. He's, he's light.
0: He's he's slight. He is. He
2: is what they call really pencil thing, uh, is, uh, a is. pencil neck. You yeah, know, he 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 needs. He he's got to put some some muscle on. Will that fit in with what they're trying to do? Or are they really trying to? Or are they just going through the rebuilding stage and hoping Carmelo accepts what's there?
1: Uh, Right now, it's hard to to really see what the Knicks are trying to do. Obviously, at one point, it said they were going to get into the triangle offense. He looked like he said he was going to kind of ditch that. He wasn't sure if he had the players to really make that work. So now you're in this flux of trying to figure out what are they really trying to do in New York. Uh, So from this standpoint, I think your guess is as good as just about anybody. And we're going to kind of have to watch this play out. Right now, it's one of those picks where you – question in regards to the brand of somebody's name and so we just said that all of them take some time just some brand names you would like to believe uh, over that period of time that they're going to make the transition this name is not one that's out there so you're going to really have to trust uh, what's on paper in terms of his skill set which means you're going to have to do a little more than the normal homework that most fans are wanting to do
2: and in new york
1: that's they definitely hard, that's anybody. a hard place to pick. Yeah, New good York games. wants a brand and a name. Some Showtime, they've been desperate for that, and so uh, I thought it was just a dangerous move. It's a high risk, but high
0: reward pick, in a sense. He is he is not, most likely, will not make an immediate impact his rookie season. Right. So from that standpoint, Nick fans will still be pissed off at this pick, but two years from now. He has – almost every NBA scout and GM believes he has the highest ceiling of any rookie taken in the first round. Right now. I mean, we're two years down the road. Yes.
2: Realistically, look, yes. looking at the time to gather, yes. get, get weight, understand the they, game, yes. you know, the, the difference yes. in the he culture. Is, he is
0: that skilled. Yes. His question – I mean, his question is he's got to get bigger and stronger. Skill-wise, he's a great shooter. He can, he can block shots. He can run the floor. Yeah.
1: he runs the floor it's, better than Miles Turner. And some of their weight Texas. will pick, you get know, on him naturally for just maturing. Right. Uh, now, the weight side they can put on you if they have that type of uh, system up there in New York. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of the weight programs. But that kind of brings on a second question is, what player has the ability to have impact as a rookie?
0: Uh, I don't know. The Lakers hope D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, those Lakers
1: fans are excited about
0: that. <laughs> at, 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 the, at the two spot, is that is that you as well, sir? Yeah, I'm old school. Lakers yeah, that's, fan. What, that's what I thought. <laughs> I go back to doing. I got thought about you too. I'm like, okay, let's see. I think Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. W- yeah. with Minnesota, because just, all you have to do is play defense. Right, right now, just defense and score enough, put back bus, buckets. Yeah, just hustle play, you know. Yeah, like play, bus, you know yeah. So yeah, if he just impact wolves on defense. And let Andrew Wiggins and Ricky Rubio and and the rest of the young Timberwolves grow and ex- excel and transition. He'll be fine.
1: I'm not sure Rubio either.
0: So, but he's got skills. He's just not healthy enough. He, right. He's brittle. Right. But talking about guys, you know, like Porzingis. Uh, I'm going to talk about Justice Winslow. We had a lot of local. Yeah. How many players? You know. How many? out We had Winslow, Ubre, Mr. Harris. One of the Harrisons. One we thought. We'll one of Wanted everybody, say, everybody you know, said, yeah, it's, it's a separation. There is a difference in, in the twins. And that uh, was Andrew Harrison was drafted by Phoenix and traded to Memphis. And uh, Aaron Harrison, I think he signed or will sign a, a free agent deal, I want to say with um, Cleveland. So, But uh, Andrew, local, you know, Fort Ben Bush, Uh, Joseph Young got drafted by Indiana. So we got Joseph Young, Justice Winslow, Andrew Harrison, Kelly Oubre. That's four from the area, from the city, basically, the greater Houston area right there. And I think uh, two others, I think Mr. Padway was from Galveston Ball. He didn't get selected. He didn't get drafted. But I think it was about five or six kids who were eligible for the draft I and mean, we know four got drafted for sure. Getting the fifth one, I apologize. I'm going through my list right here, but Coach John Lucas tweeted that uh, his goal, you know, he works with yeah, yeah. the Houston area. Well never we catch up with him this week no, though, his goal is to get the a Houston area kid to go number one in the NBA draft and he said that day is coming.
2: That's the reason I it I was I was attempting to try and catch him
0: earlier this week, but because uh, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure many of these kids at some point have worked, have been in the lab with Coach Luke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, um, let's see, one, two, three,
2: four. Yeah, um, at least five kids that uh, that will get a shot this year in camp. Uh, the, the group that was that was drafted. And a couple of more, at some point, we in uh, J.L.'s uh, summer labs somewhere along the way, well, I can't until le- recent.
0: Let me run this by you as a possibility. Just, just a thought. No hate involved because as a <laughs> Garvey Lewis award winner... you referenced that for I'm, a reason, though. I am very proud of the young man who Garvey Lewis award winners. I'm part of the basketball committee for that. Do you... Have concern that young Winslow is uh, worried more about his brand than be- being an NBA basketball player.
2: No, that's it. I don't think so. I, ran, don't th- I, I, that's, I don't think that has happened yet. I
0: don't. Okay, you, you I, know, I, he, I, I know what it's, 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 it's about. Yeah. Him and yeah. His, in his fashion, and all that stuff before the draft and things like that, and and uh, his, his brand was really he even had. I think Coach K said uh, I forgot he went to New York or something. Justice put a put on Twitter something about wearing a crown fit for a king or something like that. And Coach K texted him about it, and Justice said something. You know, in, you know, in due time, mm-hmm. you know, be worthy of this in due time. And Coach K said, not yet. And Justice replied quickly. You're right. So Coach K is keeping his players in check. Coach K says he follows his players via Twitter. Yeah. He doesn't have yes, it's a uh, nickname, so nobody knows who it is. No, but But the players know what his players. But the players know. (laughs) I've been seeing. He sees sees, sees him on Twitter, and once he sees something he's not, he's not happy about, he'll text him and let him know that I am looking at you. What you put on there. so Be careful what you're doing.
1: Well, I think that hopefully it's done in a very coach and healthy, uh, I don't even want to say parental, but a mentorship, guidance role. And from that, with his experiences, what he's done, and Coach K, I think that can go a long way to help a young man. But in terms of your brand, being more worried about the brand, I'm not sure. I understand you have to ask the question, but I don't think in reality it's in a such, a such a thing. I think in these days and age, you have to take your brand. In fact, one of the things I say in my lecture as I introduce my sports marketing class is I remind my students that they are a brand. So as you're building your resume, as you're building your your career, it's you know, it really starts before you get here. But the sooner you recognize that you are a brand, the better. I don't think Recognizing your brand, working on your brand can hinder your other work ethics of what you're doing. In fact, if you're aware that you are a brand, I think it can actually enhance because it can tell you that it becomes even more important that you do the first thing that is necessary to be successful in your business, which is work at your craft. And part of working on your craft is also going to be taking care of your body. And another component of that is taking care of what is necessary off off the court. And if you put that balance all together, whether it's in terms of your educational attainment academically, preparing yourself for a job, and hopefully, as I tell my student, entrepreneurial opportunities, I think the better you become, uh, particularly in this capitalistic a world that we live in today. And who are you again, sir? Dr. Tunyata Caville, sports professor, aka the data doctor. Hammer.
0: And I want, and I bring a reason I brought up justice is because two reasons. One, a lot of folks out there are blasting my Pistons for passing justice up, letting them go to the Heat at 10, and Detroit picking Stanley Johnson at 8. If I'm and not the, a. The uh, irony is, the irony is, uh, Stan Van Gundy said in the press conference after the pick, you know, the next day after the draft, their pick didn't even come down to Stanley Johnson versus Justin Winslow. It came down to Stanley Johnson versus Devin Booker. So, in there, in the choice, grades, etc., you know, whatever, have you do your rankings, they had Stanley and
1: Johnson and and Devin Booker ahead of Justice. Right, and I think also a component of of that is also what do you need for your team what you run offensively defensively then where are you trying to go in terms of moving forward so even if a guy may project higher on your board if it doesn't fit necessarily of what you're trying to do in a position some organizations don't necessarily go with the philosophy that we hear out there that you take the best available sometimes it's contingent of taking the best available based on the position and what you're trying to move forward So that could be a subcomponent of that, as you talk about, uh, which is that. And I will say that for Carlos, a good friend of ours that does radio talk, or mine, I should say, a colleague that does radio talk on his show on there every Saturday, the Carlos show out of Baton Rouge. Carlos Brown, that is, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that he is uh, very excited being a Miami Heat fan, and as LeBron transitioned over, to the Miami Heat when they went through that period of time. I followed them with a lot of excitement. So I went through his ups and down as a bandwagon fan, I will call myself at that time appropriately. <laughs> I followed a lot of it too. So I'll make sure that I let him know that. I gave him a shout-out to get him on board like I did my brother last week
0: who okay. did listen. Good, good. Thank you very much. That's right. And so, Carlos Brown, welcome to uh – the KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc Podcast. So yes, yeah, so that that is cool. I, and I love during Twitter, during the draft, excuse me, following the draft, Calhoo Sports Adrian Wolznorsky was tweeting results two picks before ESPN broadcast. At least two picks. You know, saying so and so is going. Well, well, is it's going.
2: It had been talked about early in the uh, early in the week and early in the day that uh, even, folks, were, folks weren't going to wait. You know, for the for the for the announcement to come from their podium, they would once they get our information and had it confirmed, they was going to make the announcement. He's on Twitter,
0: or, or, so, or, so live even, broadcast. Even NBAB writers have respect or just have to recognize Woj is woge, and he, but this is interesting. Because many of us know that Woj has sources, agents, insider. In, in, you know, some agents, some insider organizations, and heck, even one of his contacts was uh, Joe Dumars, and Joe was with the Pistons, and the NBA fined Joe Dumars personally about, I think, 100 grand for some info that he gave Woj, that Woj went public with, so that's about two, three years ago when that, when that happened. Right. So, so you had different levels of his sources. But uh, for the Rockets' pick, 18th pick, all of us at Toyota Center in your workroom, seriously, in, in ninety four ninety five lines, we're, we're waiting for Woes to, to tell us <laughs> who the Rockets are going to pick. Wait a minute, now so wow. tell and explain, folks, how that. The, so I'm the, telling you. So we're sitting around the table on on Twitter, on TweetDeck, just waiting for Woes to tell us who the Rockets are, are going to pick. Rocks on the clock. Waiting. Nobody even cared waitin, that. Waitin. Waitin, about it. Just waiting, waiting. What concerned about walking through the door. Got it. Got to a point. The clock kept winding down. Had so I forgot who it was. It Said, uh, "Come on, Woj. Who the Rockets picking? Nothing. So, another person. So I guess Daryl Moore has Woj blocked because no pick. We had no idea. Right up until the five, the five minutes expired for the Rockets pick. Woes puts out there. The Rockets select Tyus Jones. Within 15 seconds, Woz t- tweets another. Check that. Because we were, we had one of my one of my buddies at 6'10". It was ready to had go. told me here he already had a story written about Tyus Jones going to the Rockets. When we saw the tweet from Woz, yes, my article already done. I'm good to go. Woz did check that. Damn. <laughs> The rocks are gonna pick <laughs> Sam Decker. Oh man, so his work was already done. He was all he had to yep, start, start over, start over, do something that's, else.
1: Hey, that's some inside that listeners that you're getting in terms of working it uh, as a writer, as we talk about. So, so it, as, yes, as so you get to see some back doors and inside. Now, it's, 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 how serious this becomes in terms of making your job fun and really trying to get in terms of what's going on from writing stories and delivering the information right. to the to the people. Now masses. I'm gonna ask this question. The fact that you all were heads
2: down into the computers and nobody looking at the door or the curtain for somebody to come in with the Rockets' information tells me a lot about how, where Wojo is on the on the list. You know of, of uh, on the high as far as not so much
1: being respected, but guaranteed and confirmation information. Yes, and it also tells you just how power for the world is now and how quick. People want information, Yep, and you want it as soon as you can get it yep. so you can deliver it to people that you know want it as soon as they can deliver it. So it's just another framework of how we live today as well. And let me say this. it was a
0: Thursday's draft night was a little different than usual because the building was prepping for a Garth Brooks concert on Friday. So usually we're in uh, the... The uh, I bet you that was on the court, on the different. practice court for the draft, right? Or in the media lounge for the draft. Thursday wasn't the case. We were up upstairs in the ninety four ninety five lounge. Oh, so that's where we were. So you know that they, was different. So that so that was different. So you know they had to let us guide us up there. So we just couldn't get access up to there. You know, right? As the other other two places. So it was different. It was harder to. You just couldn't walk up. You know, C players are getting an idea of whatever going on. So So that was a little bit different. But, I mean, we had the TVs on. We had the draft on. But it was still, like I said, we could see on Twitter the sixth pick, while ESPN's on the fourth pick. So I even put on Facebook, we're two picks ahead of y'all, just letting y'all know. So, I mean, because that's how it was for a while. But we got close and close to the Rockets pick. It was no Rocket pick posted on Twitter. Wow. (laughs) Until... Tyus Jones. Check that. The Rockets is taking Sam Decker with the 18th pick. So, and I think, I want to say, I give credit to uh, Jonathan Fagan. He put it out there, like, at the same time as Woj, if not a little bit sooner, about Sam Decker. So, either Sam Decker or the Rockets pick with Montrezl Harrell, Fagan had before Woj did. So, I think, because Woj was, was was doing TV on, for, because uh, he, he had a TV gig as well as writing for Yahoo Sports. So, he... When, when he was on TV, he couldn't do all the uh, quick tweeting that he was doing, breaking everybody else's stories, you know, doing it himself. So, but he is the man when it comes to basketball, if you don't follow him on Twitter, the real one, because there is a fake one, there's like a whole bunch of fake ones come out around draft time. And he, free agency, if you don't follow him, you're a basketball fan, you're missing out because nine times out of 10, he will have the scoop before anybody else in NBA.
2: Wow. Um, uh- Gotta quit. Uh, Cameron Payne from Murray State. How did he get missed by, by some folks? I, I'm talking about as far
0: as been, have been one, a name product. Folks like folks like what? I mean, before he got picked 14th by Oklahoma City, there was some talk about him going higher, you no know, top 10 if, you know, or higher. He just raced up the, the draft board so much. But, was uh, was it doing workouts? Or, uh, somebody had yeah, d- d- great workouts. Um he, he's six foot two, one eighty five, so that may you know bother some people. But uh, he's a great passer. I mean, he does he does little everything. He's got to get stronger. Like I said, we know none of these young
1: men are finished products. If they are, something's wrong. Yeah, you're going to be unhappy if they finished product, because you want maturation. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think going him
0: going to uh, Oklahoma City, playing the point, you get Russ Westbrook off the ball some. Boy, Absolutely. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, that could be a little scary thing to think about. So, yeah, that means you might have uh, James Harden trying to guard Russ a few times. Uh, now, now you uh, talk about a scary sight? That's ooh, a scary boy. sight. That'll be Trevor Rees switching over real quickly.
2: That's a scary so. sight. <laughs> hey, that's a scary sight. That was to... sweet. So, yeah. <laughs> On the next the next time out, next position. Move. 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 Uh, have you had an
0: opportunity to sit down and, and grade your... Oh, I'll nothing. stop doing that. I'll, I'll stop doing those things. I don't have... I don't have the hours in the day to to, to grade. And even when I did, I don't. I didn't like doing grades in the sense of it's it's my opinion of why the team picked who they pick. They picked so and so based on fit. Well, if if I don't have, see, the, have the same mindset that they do, then why am I giving them a grade? Yeah,
2: okay. All I right. mean, they.
0: I mean, you know, a lot of folks do it all over the place. Right. But plus, I. I I prefer – And I'm not done. Te- teams are done because free agency starts t- – the draft right. is just like one to, part of it.
1: I like to give grades like you do more traditionally, what we think in a setting of, of a school. And as a professor, I love to give grades, but I do uh, – during football season and basketball season, I do what we call midterm grades, right. what we do. And so that's after so much information is in. After you didn't played some games and you have a record – to me, it makes sense to give a grade, but I'm not sure it would be like giving a grade at the beginning of the semester. How do you yeah. – is that really functional?
0: Now, we we come September when teams and free agency is pretty, pretty much set and players are signed, you know, players are moved around the NBA. Then you right. can add that right. up to uh, the NBA draft. Then we can – we have better idea yeah, of, you
1: put all, everything together. But I guess yeah. if you – it'd be like giving a grade after a, a quiz, and I guess – the draft is the quiz grade you give them. but I because mean, I give everybody doesn't seem to fit give everybody incomplete. Right. Because incomplete. You
0: know, yeah, Rockets taking Sam Decker. I like the pick. Yeah, I you know, during the tournament, I would have been cool with Detroit taking Sam Decker at eight. Because I that's how much I like his his game.
1: Yeah.
0: But, you know, the one thing I don't this is a personal thing for me, is I don't like teams selecting players who Need to be motivated. When well, you hear a team oh, say. Oh, man. That's like a, a red. He's a good player when he wants to work hard. When he works hard. When he's engaged. Well, if, if I
1: got, if I need to. Is that what they call a red flag? Stay no, on, no this not no, 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 a red flag. That's
2: like a, a nuclear explosion and all. When you hear you know. that word there. <laughs> that, that, somebody says, you know, he needs to be engaged. I need to stay engaged all in all the game. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I'll be backing away. Man, you Back, said. Backing
1: you sound, away. You sound like the nation now talking about the Confederate flag. You talking about backing away.
0: Because, like Kelly Oubre. Kelly <laughs> right. Oubre. Touche, We're we going to get there. We're going to get there. Touche, Doc. Touche. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> Kelly Oubre was traded by the Hawks. Case. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> drafted, drafted by the Hawks, traded to the Wizards. A witch like me, huh? Yeah. But during during the draft, they said that he his, his motor is not always 100%. Man. That's not a good I, I, I phrase either. I, I, don't, I don't I don't like that. Yeah, I, you I know, agree with you. Now talk about his talent. Well, you know, they say he's got great talent when he is playing hard all the time. And when he's when yeah, he's going on, yeah. when he's going hard. Okay. So when he doesn't go hard all the time, how how much time is that? Well, as, as you know,
1: we was talking about a traditional interview, that would that would be devastating if you're going into the boardroom or you going for a job and you call a reference and the reference person that is giving you references. Well, he's good when he wants to be. When he wants to when be. Wants to be. <laughs> oh, well, uh,
0: how often is that? <laughs> Especially now you're getting millions, millions of dollars. Yeah, you're paying. you, pay, so you, you, you so now he's he paid. Now. Is he going to work hard? Is going to be a self-motivator to go into the gym when I'm not on his behind? You know, I'm not going to any player who who has that label of not being yeah, that hundred percent that starter, that you know, that dog that will be in the
1: gym right now. And to me that's a little different than looking at somebody in terms of the maturity issue. Those can be some people would kinda of confuse them as some synonymous, right. but I think they're really separate because there are some mature issues that you can look at and you can say versus somebody's age and where they go around that they should matriculate outside of that. Um, you just may want them to do it faster, but you get that uh, label you're talking about in terms of somebody motor, uh, that can be difficult to overcome. Yeah, because that, that, that costs you dollars
2: in the short term and a long term when you when they start putting that label on, that yeah. particular label. On.
1: Well, as we're looking at the front office, what are your thoughts about Grant Hill uh, being the VP for the I I think, think that's
2: good. On, for him, I think that's a good move. Uh, he's been wanting to get to, get to that point, and all that. Now he's he's there. Uh, it'll be interesting how, you know, getting past this this draft this year. I don't. It's it's hard for me to say that he had a lot, you know, a lot of input, more, uh, especially with Vladdy Diva in his position and all. Uh, it's interesting how these ex players and all that we've watched over time moving into GM positions, uh, ownerships. You know, uh, will they be in? Uh, Will they be able to make the same decision that they made on the floor in a positive manner? Will they be able to make it? Uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: A- and you would think that he he's very into the game and smart in terms of just falling over his career. But that's one of the reasons why I appreciate the NBA a lot more than the other professional franchises because they've uh, always had uh, to open in- door. Yeah, those individuals that played the game, played at a high level, uh, experienced so much in the game, seem to have a much better opportunity to get back in the game, whether it's as coach, um, analyst, even more so than the other game when you're talking about getting on the business side in terms of the front office and even ultimately NBA is the only one um, that to some degree has been able to say that you can do it even as an owner Yeah, uh, with several ownerships find a way to kind of get in there.
0: And and And
2: And it's interesting that that particular, as much as, Folks make reference, you know, the basketball players. It's interesting that that particular sport has made the, has made the, not so much the, the, the effort, but the offer has been there. It's always an open door if you
1: choose down the road. You can get in this spot. Yeah, you can tell that they have made a serious commitment to making sure that they put their players in a position to to move back into management, and that pays off. And you see that in terms of. The diversity yeah. grades out there that you see coming out of Central Florida uh, in a lot of ways, and they always seem to have the highest grade. The NBA and the WNBA uh,
0: usually have the highest grades of, of the major sports. Uh, i trying to find it, but I think the NBA in terms of uh, media directors or personnel people, it was in an article in the Detroit Free Press that there are only four African-Americans in the position in, the, in terms of personnel, making personnel decisions. And the Pistons have one, one of the four. And he was the one who was answering the questions about why they drafted, who they drafted. And uh, Vince Ellis of the Detroit Free Press acknowledged who that was. I'm trying to find that article so I can get the, uh, the man's name. But uh, as... Diverse as the NBA is, there are still some areas in teams, organizations, that uh, have room for improvement.
1: Yes, definitely. So you have – Yeah, overall doing it, but there are some particular teams that have a ways to go. You know, just four of 30 teams that have a
0: African-American in personnel power positions. So they are, there's work – there's room for improvement in that, considering how many African Americans are in the NBA court, you know, who play and then coach even, you know, but how many of them are go co- of sin. sin two spots higher than coach? So. Absolutely. Free wildcat, agency. Who are, who are you? we go that and say, who are you, sir? Talking to me? You me? Are, you are the Wildcat, aren't you? I am the Fifth water Wildcat. Oh, he got he, you know. Notice how his voice changed.
2: Yeah, there. I thought he
1: was <laughs> <laughs> bringing out the calls, doing a little scratch. Hey, you know, I, I
2: had I had a good week personally. I had I had a good week.
1: I see the smile on your face. Uh,
2: man. Got some things done and all, uh, and and happy about it, <laughs> uh, especially on the vacation side. Really happy about that. Uh, you can find me online at uh, on, uh, Twitter, tweet deck. And Facebook, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., JL Woodley1. You can find me on the other platforms SoundCloud, YouTube, Blogger, at AKSV, The CSR, The College Sports Report. Coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks uh, will be two uh, football media days. Uh, Big 12 is scheduled for Dallas. July the 20th through the 21st, and Conference USA is scheduled for uh, Boca Raton, uh, Florida, for <laughs> July the 21st and 22nd. It's going to be an interesting uh, uh, couple of days because uh, all that will be scheduled like squeezed in within a uh, within a week. Uh, what I Hadn't gotten inf- uh, full information. Full information from is the American, and I'm gonna uh, look to uh, alleviate that situation tomorrow. So it'll be interesting. Uh, is that one of us? That's me. All right, but uh, it will be interesting uh, how uh, everybody adapts to the additions, subtractions, and trying to answer questions about uh, the Big Twelve is reference to their their championship and all and. How folks, uh you know? Aspire to be a part of the Big Five, and how they've been dissed and all around the way. <laughs> money <laughs> increasing in, in some, of the, some of these conferences beyond what they thought were, were possible. Uh, Doc, that's a lot of money that's, that's being thrown, not be thrown around. It's actually being a check been wrote and handed to you. You know.
1: Yeah, they showed sure not know. throwing it around because the.
2: Cause they're not letting everybody else have it. Yeah. You know,
1: it just basically, not everybody getting it. They distributed purpose. <laughs> to they oh yeah. To.
2: How soon is that? That I know I keep asking this, but folks, you need to know that things are, uh, these, these conferences are set up for a reason under the auspice that you belong with us and you don't, you know, that there's always, that will always be a top tier second tier and the rest money wise. How many and uh, how much changes and all will will be assessed to that th- this particular year?
1: I think Big Twelve has a large input, uh, say, of when the next domino will fall, as they looks like they're definitely trying to find a way to get to a championship game. I think the question that you're waiting on is when the NCAA rules on the amendment they send to them co authoring it with the ACC that a league can have a championship game with less than 12 members in the conference. Mm-hmm. So until that legislature or that amendment is um, brought to their adjustment, uh, mm-hmm. until that comes out, you probably won't see the Big 12 move too fast to make a decision in terms of expansion. Because if they get that, I'm not sure they will expand because they still get the championship game, which makes everything all right, if you would, in terms of what came out of the um the four seeds in the playoff last year in regards to them not playing a game. It wasn't necessary that they didn't have enough conference members Is the fact they didn't play a championship game. So that's the first thing that you want to kind of look at in regards to conference changes is here the rule. If that happens then, uh, doesn't happen, then you can look for them to push to get two members in. So uh, maybe next year the other one that you want to look at, uh, I don't think it will move any too much faster because the uh, Big Ten has already did it before their television contract is coming up, and they brought in, as you know, Maryland and Rutgers. Right. So they're the 14. So they've already did their conference shift, and the landscape shook after that and shook out. One that you might want to keep your eye on um, is the Pac-12. Uh, they're sitting at 12, but I don't think they're going to move until they can find a way to coerce to get Texas over there. And so now that Powers is left, I'm not sure how that's going to shake out. Powers is one of the individuals coming from Pac 12, having good Doc, relationship with Doc. Them Doc. To do so that, I that's one, that's
2: one of the reasons why I'm, I'm I don't
1: see Texas and Doc. Oklahoma move. Doc. Doc. Now, the Oklahoma, you just mentioned You
2: just
0: mentioned You just mentioned so <laughs> That's where I'm going right now. Hold on. <laughs> that, Two things. <laughs> Oakland President David Boren said that the 10 team Big 12 is, quote, psychologically disadvantaged, end quote, he, he competing would. against bigger He conferences. would. Because he knows he's a test. Folks, let, let,
2: let's
1: just, let, I'm going to say this right now. for you. He went to academia. He said psych. <laughs> no, think of what he said. Oh, yeah. I know you want to jump in and respond to But I want to make sure the listeners listen. <laughs> psychologically, yeah. Psychologically. Here's damn. a full quote. Here's a full quote. <laughs> when we look
0: at football playoffs, and our conference is bumping up against conferences with 12 or 14 members. I believe that we are psychologically disadvantaged because we are a smaller conference.
2: He mentally.
0: Quote, he said they got the short man complex.
2: Mentally. Incompetent. <laughs> by somebody that's in charge and I, I want to move him along but I'm not going to mention his name. It's basically, you know He basically kind of like went around and said I'm blaming the guy that's sitting in the seat and the rest of y'all I don't care. And the Oklahoma can't move by themselves. Uh, people say that they
1: can. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma but, can but, move by themselves. But you believe they didn't want to. We, Oklahoma. We'll find out. Oklahoma is we'll right out. notch right under Texas. Long- Oklahoma uh, uh, says they want to go. You'll have that, four conferences that
0: will say we want you. The Longhorns, I don't see the Longhorns leaving the Big 12 because of the, long, the network and ESPN's ties to, to uh, that network. And that's my point. You know, They kind of locked into that that's situation. That's Fox Sports Network. I don't see them
1: being the institution that starts the league. But I think, Oklahoma, I think Texas is smart enough. To wait somebody says else. Yeah. Says oh, going, yeah. That but if Oklahoma left the Big 12, the Big 12 would. It buckle. That's what I'm saying. So you well, it'd be program. just
2: like Southwest Conference. It's just like. It's so it's so just that's right, why out. I'm
1: saying in this framework, Oklahoma essentially has just as much pop as Texas. Uh, in regards to changing the landscape. If and see, it.
0: I'll say this because I'm blind. Really? I would love to Oklahoma go to the Pac-12 and, and make that <laughs> phone call to President Couture.
2: And you say you blind? blind? Say,
0: you say you're blind. U of H, you come say you with blind? us. We want that Texas see, market to come with us, to Oklahoma, and go to the Pac-14. Let's come do it. You're not blind? That would work. No, hey.
1: Oklahoma going and say and say U of H, come on. That would work. Well, right. actually, if if the if if the uh, Pac twelve moves, they're going to sixteen, so it's going to be four. That'd be fine as long so as it, man, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, U of
0: H, and SMU, whoever. As long as I'm part of that, I'm fine with that. Because you know, I really don't care about being with, with the Longhorns because that. Now, with, with,
2: happen, just, with, with just with just being just what saying, who else among the Texas schools would would. Would would move into that slot and really change landscapes over two, three different conferences?
1: Oh, uh, I figure whoever, once they see that Oklahoma is moving, is gone, they know Oklahoma State is going with them. It starts to fall apart. So now you got folks jumping at the door. Everybody's (laughs) trying to get to the door. Everybody's trying to get their next seat. Now, uh, the reason I mention that is because (laughs) the, the local teams
2: accept. Moving back together again.
0: Rice and U of H. And have, what, Rice go to the Pac-16? No, uh-uh. Or what? No, no. Go to the Big 12? Yeah. Are the Longhorns your part of the Big 12? No. They've they <laughs> moved on. They, like Doc well, said. No, you know. hell no. That's, it doesn't matter. That's, it's no longer
1: a Power yeah, 5 conference. Yeah, no. Huh? If Texas is not in there, it's no longer a Power mm-hmm. 5 If the Longhorns move, then hell no. That just defeats the purpose. Yeah. Yeah, it's no longer Power Five. It just, it, yeah, you going, you become the new, the next Big East. It, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. It Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. They right. To, they right. Okay.
0: Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. But David born, President born, talking about being psychologically disadvantaged for a day or so got the discussions, you know, realignment discussions kicked off again, and then it quieted down a little bit. But, uh, you know, folks talking about if the Big 12 added two more members and it it would slice up the pie and and things of that sort. There's an article at um, ESPNation.com that that basically said that that's not necessarily the case if they added two more teams and became an actual 12-team Big 12. Based on uh, TV money, it wouldn't change because you still get $20 million per from ESPN, for example. Um, If you get a basketball school You know, there's different ways to get the money and still be the same.
1: Right. And and And, and the biggest thing out there is most of these contracts are signed, and I'd be really surprised if Big 12 wouldn't sign a contract like this. But if you have conference expansion, there's usually a clause in the contract negotiation with the television that allows them to go back into the contract negotiation because the conference has changed. Right. And that's why you – see teams doing uh, conference realignment. So there'll be automatic clause that allow them, and some of those clauses already have the kicker where the ESPN would already uh, increase the payout going in. So not only do you have your other frameworks in terms of basketball money, don't forget that now you have a championship game, which is another clause in terms of a pot of money. So essentially, what you find out is what you're looking for is whatever each school is getting right now. Uh, in terms of the ten schools, the next school would have to bring in that equivalent to right. make sure the money stays the same. And see, that's that's why U of H joining the Big Twelve doesn't make
0: sense in the terms of TV eyeballs and things of that sort. Because you got Longhorns and TCU and and Baylor. You got Texas schools already in the Big Twelve, so that's why I. U of H had to be so good for four or five years and so dominant that ESPN right. would feel like they couldn't do without U of H. And I don't see that happening. Whereas Pac-12 doesn't have schools, right. Texas schools, in the Pac-12. They so, would,
1: they want to start their Fox regional alignment. Right. So they'd love to get out here. See, that's why
0: Texas. you got rumors about BYU, Cincinnati, Central Florida, schools like that, that the Big 12 does not have TV footprints in. Is looking at potential members down the line, during the conference. Doc, you touched on it. Free agency does start in in a couple of days. We already know the Rockets like they can swing for the fences and hope that Kevin Love or LaMarcus Aldridge will come here, but doesn't seem likely.
1: Who's That's the biggest one out there?
0: To ch- to probably change well, teams
1: outside of obviously LeBron. But yeah, LeBron opted out of his
0: contract today, as expected, yeah. to sign another one-year deal with an option in the next summer. He'll opt out again once TV money kicks in. He's going to sign up a, a multi-year Maybe. deal yeah. uh, next summer because he is a businessman and he is a brand, as you touched on earlier, sir. So, absolutely. But uh, possibly with guys who w- may move, Lamarcus Aldridge, especially with the with the uh, Blazers, some the trades they made a few days ago, seems like he may be the one moving. To the Spurs, it changes like every day. Before the draft, folks were saying that the Lakers had moved up his list of possible destinations. Before that, it was the Spurs and the Mavericks. So, and now it's back to the Spurs again. The Rockets, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll talk about the Rockets trying to make trades and trade Terrence Jones and an 18th pick to free up, maximize salary cap room to make a push for Kevin Love or LaMarcus Aldridge. So those deals didn't happen that they, they fell through. So those chances of Lamarcus coming here, barring you have to trade Trevor Reza as part of, as part of any deal that seems less likely. And a uh, radio person brought this up. Let me get your thoughts on this. If the Rockets, this person lands their said this from this perspective, if the Rockets, were to trade or did trade Trevor Reza for the second time after bringing him here, it would be a bad look for free agents, you know, looking at the Rockets as destination places because it'd be a second time. And the man has been here and they're going to trade him again after a year. So why should I go there? They're going to trade me, do me the same way they did him. Do you think that would happen? Uh That's a perfect
2: scenario to look at and says. I got to question whether whether that's a good move for me or not, literally. If so you, if, so you think right.
1: that does that would happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that would play in the factor for both
2: players and – Because the money wouldn't be a factor at that point then. Now it's like uh, – Even more so
1: for the agents. You yeah. Know, how do I, why do I want to be an agent and put a player in a place uh, with the idea that you're going to trade them in a possible year uh, because you, you're movable pieces uh, moving like that. So you want some type of – yeah. platform where things are steady so i think that is a dangerous place to get into uh, i didn't think about it like that until you brought it up but i think that is an issue
0: i mean we like Marcus gasol is a free agent everybody expects him to resign with, with the grizzlies um paul Millsap with the hawks don't expect him to go to leave the hawks i mean i think he'll get some looks from other teams but i don't believe he's going to go anywhere Goran Dragic. The reason he agreed to uh, the deal with the, the trade with, to the Heat was because everybody expected the Heat to give him a, a max offer this summer. So we'll we'll see. If they don't give him a max offer, then things could change because max offer is just five year deal with the Heat rather than four years and from other teams. Draymond Green, he may get looks and offers from other teams, but or he's gonna match it anyway. So he's a restricted free agent. DeAndre Jordan is an unrestricted free agent and many people are leaning toward the belief that he is going to sign elsewhere.
1: Wow.
0: Man, you talk about huge, that would be, that it, would, that would be a vacuum. It would be, that's a vacuum. And the reason is, and it's not, it's kind of rumors. it has been rumors for a while that, uh, DeAndre Jordan doesn't get along with Chris Paul, Ooh. and or Blake Griffin. They're not buddy buddy. What? Uh, they're not no, hanging.
2: You know, i it's more than that. Let it's me. Let me have, the, Let me go this route right then. They are more so coworkers than they are teammates.
1: I, I think at that level, it's even. It's 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 deeper than that. I think they just don't have a good relationship. Is how you would say it. You know, they work with each other professionally on the court. Right. But in terms of how they deal with issues on the court I are not wow. a very I'm fluid situation good. when you start talking about people not getting along with each other. And maybe it's frustration in terms of him not being able to get it done in terms of free throws and how Chris sees that playing out or position swaps or how they get things done. But something there is just not working in terms of organic team mixture other than just being able to coexist on the team. And I think we know nowadays that it takes a little more than being able to coexist on the team to really earn a championship. You have to be cohesive in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. And one of the teams that is going to make a big push for Mr. Jordan is uh, the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out because if he signs elsewhere, the Clippers don't have – Lot of cap room to, to uh, do anything
1: now. If, if the Mavericks for the what is this, the third, fourth year in a row, they can't get one of these big time free agents, what does it say about the Mavericks? And I know
2: well, there's something else that's going on because folks that I know that, that deal with them, you know, in in as uh inside the building, uh, uh facility wise and you know, catering, and you know, they get treated well, you know, players they whatever they pretty much need you know he he provides for them so that tells me it's something else you know in uniform you know in the in the locker room that's that's not some way or some way how it's not working you think it's the owner? i don't think it's the owner. It's, it's it's more uh the guys themselves the the guys wearing the uniforms that they that that's something that's not being, uh, uh, there's no glue, it's, it's too much of you know,
0: I There's too much people are island and individuals.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Before we wrap wrap this up, any thoughts on the circus that is the Sacramento Kings? <laughs> no, and and George Carl, the coach versus because he's just and saying, he's just going about gutty right now. Demarcus Cousins is twenty four years old. Twenty and twelve guy. George Carl. Demarcus tweeted out the emoji what it's emojis, right? The little pictures of yeah, Snake yeah. in the Grass. Yeah. Referring yeah. to George Carl. Yeah. Nick Carmelo put out there something else similar about Snake in the Grass, working with George Carl when they were in Denver. Uh, George Carl can't work with superstar players. He'd, he'd much rather have role players and who maximize his system. Don but, Nelson style, I, I guess. But the but, but King, Don was able blank. to get some things done. Now he never got a championship, like, but he well, got. A, that's but, the bottom line, you know, some of, one of the things coming out is George Carl came back into the NBA to coach because he wants to become the all time winner in coach in uh, victories, the leader in coaching victories. Really, really. So you know if you can't get along with DeMarcus Cousins I'm the Kings cuz the Variety is in the charter personnel the owner both the owner and Wade we're not trading DeMarcus Cousins then George Carl has to go because DeMarcus why would DeMarcus want to play for a coach who wants him gone <laughs> Who, was, who tried to trade for him publicly, you know, worried about Kenneth Reed and Ty Lawson from the Nuggets coming, George Co- 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 news with the Nuggets, coming to Sacramento because you can't get along with, supposedly, he, he doesn't fit your system. He's a 20 and 12, 24-year-old, if he's that old. He needs to adjust. The owner of the Kings, I think, is a billionaire. If he's a billionaire, eat that money. Tell George, it's a lot of money to eat. It's like $11 million, whatever it is. We made a mistake in hiring you. We're going to go in another direction get another coach who can get along with one of the best big men, young big men in the NBA. Okay, well, what's the deal with with Because, with I mean, it's, it's... Ain't no deal. It's it's worse than... I'm talk. talking about it as a player because... No, no, <laughs> because he wanted to get along. He, he got along with Mike Malone, the head coach. They fired him. After they won games when DeMarcus, when he was sick, they were winning games, they were like 500 to start the season. Then DeMarcus got sick and couldn't play, and lo and behold, they started losing. With well, no stuff. Your best player is not playing, and you start to lose. So you blame the coach for that, despite the fact DeMarcus Cousins has made it known that he likes his coach and likes playing for this coach.
2: So he had no input whatsoever. Yes,
0: despite numerous reports believing that DeMarcus got the coach fired. And DeMarcus said, point blank, I like this, man. I don't have as much power y'all think I do. Y'all got your stuff twisted because I don't have that kind of juice.
1: Yeah, this more and more of this points to Carl. I mean, I know people love to find a way to put this on players. Uh, it's just the world we live in. Uh, but this is not the first time, first of all. He's not as good as it seems he wants to believe, and he obviously wants to do it his way. At some point, people need to. Look at the culprit and say, why is this the way that you want to do business in the the league when it's not working for you? I mean, you haven't showed that your way to do it is a championship way to do it. So, to be frank with you, it just doesn't sit right with me.
0: Yeah, he's 24 years old, turned 25 in August. But as a Lakers fan, please. And that's exactly And one of the rumored deals would be to send him to a division rival? That makes no sense whatsoever. Please.
1: So he would come
0: back and bust you up three, four times a season. (laughs) If you got to the playoffs four to five, six, seven times in the playoffs, that makes no sense whatsoever. But it's the Kings, and it's why the Kings are still the Kings. So, you know, they make for – for good copy and they're not boring <laughs> in their ignorance or their hubris. And that's really hubris for George Carl. Cause it, you know, I mean you won a lot of games your way. And, and to think he, I guess he's, he's gone the, the Dean Smith route to the extreme. When coach Smith, the you know, the joke was he was the only person to keep hold my Jordan 15 points. or less than 20 points a game was Dean Smith. <laughs> because it was a, yeah, I because it was the style of play, little team games that, that that Coach Smith utilized at North Carolina. Maybe that's what George Carl's trying. But this this is not college. Right. I'm listening. I'm listening. So, if you know push come to shove, the Kings need to probably, and the owner Vivek ran a dive. Needs to just eat that contract and move on, because they are a laughing stock in the NBA. They are laughed at more than the Knicks, and that's saying a lot. Exactly,
2: literally, that's saying a lot. Uh, and lastly, on my part, uh, did Kentucky and and uh, prove once again that. It doesn't matter, you know. Just come and play for Calipari, and you'll get your shot.
1: It's interesting.
0: They had I think what six kids to get drafted. Yeah, that's a lot. Oh no doubt. I think it tied the most.
2: But uh, but it's been consistent now since he's gotten to Kentucky that on a regular basis.
0: But what he, he's getting guys and all, them, you know, a right. lot of
2: one and dones and.
0: But well, what I what I love is, or it still baffles me, is how these one and duns don't count toward the APR. The NCA is all about the student athlete and and the academic experience of college, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And they put out the APR reports every May and of how all the schools are doing. But there's no penalty or they don't calculate one and done's who, who leave college after a year, after their freshman year, to go into the pros.
1: Right. As long as they go to the professional level, even if they go across the sea, they don't count against your APR. God, explain. So who's so – who's, No, that's what the APR was So who's fooling, they, they, who's fooling who? Who's fooling who? NCAA got mad when they created the graduation rates, okay. the federal graduation rates. Okay. And the numbers were looking so down that they said, man, we got to do something about this because this is beginning to be a nightmare in terms of media talking about it. So they created the APR, and it's an adjusted rate. It's plainly done out there, and it was done for their purpose, to make sure that it looked as if graduation rates were higher than what they really were. Hmm. Most people just didn't catch it. All right. So they, 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 that's why I laugh at the APR all, all the time, and really, other than reporting it, so people understand, I don't take it serious. Got I'm listening, Because that's that's your That's your ram That's
0: your ram sir Okay I'm, I am KG of the Houston Roundball Review Website www.houstonroundballreview.com Our podcasts Are available on iTunes SoundCloud And a, a new Outlet That uh, hit me up A few oh, 10 days ago their pod directory, so to direct you basically of the podcast, obviously, other of all podcasts, so we're part of that now as well. So, different ways for you to listen to the podcast, different ways for you to reach out and share the links with your friends who haven't heard the podcast. And if they haven't heard, why not? Come on, listeners, help us out here, spread the love. Spread the love of the KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc Podcast. Notice how my voice got different there, like Wildcat earlier. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. Get that out there. But yes, and we're on uh we have our own Facebook page, KG Fifth World Wildcat and, and Doc on Facebook. It's almost time for football season. As Wildcat touched on, it's time for football media days and Doc will be doing football things as well. Gentlemen, I'm putting on you both of you on blast on the podcast, on the air, that I would like some interviews from you all, so we could add to our podcast, sirs.
1: Sounds good because I will be at the Swag Media Day. It'll be interesting, on sir. Seventeenth, uh, yeah, I got that. And uh, oh, it's the seventeenth. Yeah, Swag Media Day is on the seventeenth in huh. Birmingham. I will be there. I'm even trying to work it to get to the MIAC Media Day on the thirty first. Outstanding. I, I know the uh, Swag Media Day is confirmed. That I will be there. Still working on. So we can. Make yeah. it work. Get yes. a coach or two and add them to the podcast. Why were the uh, Miaka? Definitely try to get the two coaches in this area, plus some others maybe. Texas Southern coach Asbury as well as um, Prairie View's new coach. Because this mm-hmm. is what we do. We talk about sports and more. That's going to be
0: one of our growing hashtags on Twitter, sports also on and the, more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also on the APR, there's a – Good place that gives you some information for you and the listeners that you want to catch this. Okay. So I have a colleague, Richard Southall, at the University of South Carolina in their Sports Management Hospitality um, College over there, and he's in the department, obviously in Sport Management. Um, he wrote some articles. You can go to csriconference.org at csriconference.org, and you can go to. Our, uh, news and announcement. He has a CSRI football bowl subdivision FBS AGG report. That's the adjusted graduation gap report for FBS programs. That can really show you what is going on in terms of the true graduation rates. If you want to see it, this gentleman has um, such knowledge of this area that he was actually called um, by the U.S. Senate committee when they were looking at commerce science and transportation on the issues of promoting the well-being and academic success of college athletics he actually testified for that so you can look at that as well so again you can go to csriconference.org website to read some information from dr richard Southall if you really want to get in and understand what we are talking about the apr and more importantly adjusted graduation rates just for those that want to see how vague and how off the APR really is in terms of measuring graduation rates from that framework. As I told you, all be on the move, looking at going on, actually we'll be in Atlanta all next week trying to work with the um, new president of Clark Atlanta University on some projects, work with the commissioner, more of the SIEC on some projects we're working at and trying to start off the uh, Center for Sports Studies looking at HBCUs in the Atlanta area. So really excited about trying to move and get that off the ground. Got a couple other things that are going to be looking going on. December, uh, HBCU research, I mean athletic research consortium conference will be going on right here in our backyard in Houston. That's something that I'm putting together to bring uh, researchers in to talk about athletic programs, particularly at HBCUs. That will be December the 2nd through the 5th. That's a done deal, pretty much. So, um, you're the first to hear that. The official release will come out in a couple of weeks. So, we're excited about those kind of things. That's right around the time of uh, the SWAG championship game, right? Exactly. So, people that come in will get a chance to go so to that's the That's why you are the associate center. professor. So, tried to time that well, and we got that in there. You, you, had, mentioned something the to me, you had mentioned something to me
2: earlier about doing some camera work for a, a project. Was that the project? That was the project. Okay.
1: All right. That's the project. All right. It'll be on the calendar. Please put that on the calendar. No problem. If you want to follow me and continue to get this type of information and other related information, particularly on the business side of sports, uh, as we get ready to gear it up for the fall, as things are going on during the summer, I'm doing a special summer session. where we look at the uh, business of sports. It just makes dollars and cents on a weekly radio show. Dr. Ville's Inside the HBCU Sports Labs every Tuesday on KCUHradio.com. Again, it's KCUHradio.com from 7 to 8 every Tuesday. If you're not able to listen live, you can go to SoundCloud and listen to Dr. Ville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. as You can get the recorded podcast at any time on your convenience. You can follow me on the social media platforms, the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Look for some other announcements with us as I'm feverishly trying to get those T-shirts going and some other things as we move fast to get you some information on our podcast. Football
0: season is going to be big for us. I see it. I see it's going to be big for us. Might have to show some folks that I know more than just basketball.
1: <laughs> I like
0: it. Really? I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. Just saying. You got something you want to add? Because I got a great, great quote that I want to wrap it up with. No, uh, I'm good. Okay. You go with the Twitter? How folks yeah. find you? You get with all that? You sure? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Unless you
2: want me to do a repeat? I do. No, okay. I do. No, that no was problem. a hint. Yeah. Heard it. No problem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just like this
2: extending, <laughs> extending my time and all. That's my, my, Ralph Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Com- coming out, you
1: know, so
2: yeah, <laughs> <Interrupting, but> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You can find me on uh, YouTube, Blogger, and uh, uh, SoundCloud at AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report, uh, at uh, F- Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., JL Woodley.
0: One, thank you, sir, and I am on Twitter at the HR Review. We have the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel where you can go to and see the interview uh, the assistant coach, Rockets assistant coach Chris Finch, gave us Thursday night on draft night, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, the HR Review on Twitter, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram. I get follows on Instagram, which really impresses me because I'm not that active right now since it's not really basketball season. So thank you for the love. You're I absolutely. appreciate that. And don't worry, I'll start doing more stuff on that too as well. But I have a quote here from a gentleman who, who was a fair to Midland basketball player. We all know by the name of Kobe Bryant. ESPN's Baxter Holmes put on Twitter yesterday. I think he did an interview with Jamel Hill, the awesome Jamel Hill. But Kobe is asked about being about not being a great friend all the time. Kobe's response, quote, friends come and go, but banners hang forever. End quote. Well wrap it up as I always do on that. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.